Here's the new Cold War podcast with Edward Lucas. Russia has a China problem, but as I argued in my weekly column for Europe's Edge on the SEPA website in June 2020, the dilemma seen from Moscow is different from that observed from outside. Vladimir Putin has a choice. That's more than the Russian people had in this month's phony vote on constitutional changes. But after savouring his victory, the Russian leader will find that his desk in the Kremlin has the same intray, and near the top is the question of what to do about China. For years, Russia has dodged this problem. It faked friendship, selling weapons to China, and cooperating in the Shanghai Cooperation Organization against what in the Beijing political lexicon are called the three evils, terrorism, separatism, and extremism. But Russia never counted China as an ally. Russian spines shiver at China's ambitions, size, and success. Xi Jinping wants the People's Republic to be the most important country in the world by the middle of the century. He has a fair chance of succeeding. Any such goal articulated by a Russian leader would sound deluded. Now China's goals and Russia's stagnation are colliding. What technology, for example, will Russia use for its 5G mobile data network? No homegrown option exists. The alternatives are only China, Huawei, or the West, Ericsson and Nokia. The decision is not commercial, it's about sovereignty over data and systems. 5G will be the central nervous system of the Internet of Things, the next phase in the digitization of every part of modern life. Without it, Russia's economy falls even farther behind the rest of the world. Western countries are increasingly resisting Huawei because they fear that data flows over 5G networks could be stolen compromised, or in case of war even paralysed, at the behest of the Chinese Communist Party. Russia has the same fears about Western technology too. Competition is also intensifying on other fronts. China's northern sea route threatens Russia's hold on the Arctic. Infrastructure projects, on a scale that Russia cannot match, are building bastions of Chinese influence in Central Asia and Eastern Europe. China's a rising space power too. Yet the regime in Beijing is noticeably silent on issues where Russia needs help, such as in giving diplomatic support to the occupation of Crimea. This is not an alliance, or even a partnership. It's an unequal relationship in which spasmodic tactical cooperation and diplomatic flimflam mask strategic disadvantage. While Russia flounders, China watches and waits. With his hold on power now insured until 2036, the rational course for Putin would be to end this. If China is the only real national security threat, a responsible Russian leader should seek allies and partners in constraining its influence and concentrate on boosting his country's resilience by modernising the economy, political system and society. The less you know about Russia, the more appealing this sounds. The respected Financial Times commentator Philip Stevens last month implored Putin to take stock of strategic reality and, as he put it, brush off the Cold War cobwebs. Putin may possibly make some gambits in this direction. He responded to the 9-11 terrorist attacks by pledging friendship and help to America. Feigning alarm about China now might ease Western pressure. But if this happens, don't expect sincerity. 
Russian leaders habitually sacrifice the country's development for the delusions of great power status. They treat their population with contempt, duping them with political tricks rather than helping unleash their talents, energy and creativity. Looting natural resources trumps building a modern economy. Corruption matters more than building institutions. Lies are more convenient than truth. And abroad, neighbours and ex-colonies are to be bullied, not befriended. The Kremlin is festooned with such Cold War cobwebs. These relics of geopolitical doctrine are revered, sometimes paraded, but never questioned. As Russia drifts into China's embrace, Putin is hardly the man to change the system they represent. It brought into power and it keeps him there. This is Edward Lucas with the New Cold War podcast. You can find more about me, my books and other publications at edwardlucas.com or follow me on Twitter at Edward Lucas. This has been a homegrown media production. For more on the New Cold War, please visit edwardlucas.com.